Welcome to the No Gray Area Pod, where we discuss breaking news and top stories in the world of sports. Hosted by two brothers that love heated discussions. The NGA Pod begins in three, two, one. Welcome you to the No Gray Area Podcast, episode four, as we look to review college football week three as well as NFL week two. I'm pleased to be joined by my co-host, Corey Cooper. And Corey, an interesting week in the football landscape last weekend and um, an opportunity for us to discuss some of the things that happened and uh, positives and negatives for quite a few teams uh, based on the action last weekend. Yeah, it's been a weird couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks of college football and the NFL. We've seen a lot of upsets where we didn't think there was going to be some upsets. And both of our records for the picks have been kind of kind of not up to our standards. So we definitely are going to try to get better on that end. Yeah, we'll dive right into some of the scores from last week's action as – Quite a few games along the schedule. We'll go ahead and give them to you. A couple of games early on on Saturday. It was Virginia Tech beating Wofford 27-7. Missouri beating Abilene Christian 34-17. Cincinnati beating Miami of Ohio 38-17. Kent State putting up a victory 63-10. Army versus Villanova. Army beating Villanova 49-10. Oklahoma, the number six team in the country, going on the road and beating a Nebraska team under new leadership after coach Scott Frost being relieved of his duties last week, 49, 14, the final score there. It was Syracuse taking care of business at home, 32, 29 versus Purdue Southern Illinois beating Northwestern in Northwestern, a surprise there, 31 to 24 Baylor rebounding from the BYU lost 42 to seven versus Texas state Michigan at home against UConn winning 59 to nothing it was Georgia on the road at South Carolina winning 48-7. That's a big win for a Georgia team that looks to get off to a really good start uh, in SEC play as they defend their national championship. Yeah, uh, Georgia just looks like the real deal this year. Um, it's going to be a tough time for them going into the uh, SEC, but at least they're on the east side, and there's not many teams over there, kind of like where the West is at right now, where the West has so many teams that are deep and can compete for that conference championship. But I like Georgia to defend the east side of the bracket and go all the way to the SEC championship this year. Indiana winning at home 33-30 to in overtime. It was Kentucky, the number nine team in the country, winning against Youngstown State 31-0. Central Michigan protects the home field, winning 41-0 at home against Butmel. Uh, Coastal Carolina taking care of Buffalo, 38-26. West Virginia winning 65-7 versus Towson. It was Ball State beating Murray State, 31-0. Virginia winning a game close against Old Dominion, 16-14. Iowa State beating Ohio, 43-10. Rutgers able to clip Temple, 16-14. UCLA taking care of South Alabama, 32-31. Notre Dame able to survive at home against California, 24-17. UNLV beating North Texas 58-27. Kansas State, or actually Tulane, 
taking care of Kansas State, 17-10. Oregon dominating BYU, 41-20 at home. Minnesota, 49-7 over Colorado at home. UAB, 35-21 over Georgia Southern. Ole Miss going to Georgia Tech and winning 42-0. Wisconsin, 66. New Mexico State, 7. Penn State going on the road to Auburn. They win that one in convincing fashion, 41-12. And you wonder if the Auburn program uh, and Coach Brian Harson begins to get his seat a little warm down on the plains in Auburn. Yeah, I still think it's a little too early for him to be on a hot seat yet. Uh, he's taking over that program, and they have a lot of high expectations there. But I feel like this is a year where – he has a chance to see where he's at with this team and then be able to really bring in his guys next year. So I think he'll be fine for one more year. UMass wins 20-3 to versus Stony Brook. App State wins on a Hail Mary at the buzzer, 32-28 versus Troy. Northern Illinois loses at home versus Vanderbilt, 38-28. Kansas goes to Houston and wins 48-30. to Alabama handling business against University of Louisiana at Monroe, 63-7. Boise State at home winning 30-7 over UT Martin. It was Washington State beating Colorado State at home, 38-7. Wake Forest, 37-36 winners over Liberty in a closer game than most people expected. It was Bowling Green beating Marshall, 34-31 in overtime. East Carolina, 49. Campbell, 10. LSU comes away with a big victory at home, 31-16, as they pulled away late with 21 points in the fourth quarter. And LSU really starting to get their feet underneath them under new head coach Brian Kelly. Yeah, I liked what I saw out of LSU that game. They're still not getting Booty involved as much as I'd like or everybody else would like, but I feel like coming down the stretch in the SEC, they're going to have to use him more often. But they ran the ball very well in that fourth quarter, and they really showed Mississippi State that, LSU's here to play. Duke winning at home against North Carolina A&T, 49-20. Tennessee taking care of the home field, 63-6 versus Akron. Memphis winning at home, 44-32. Oklahoma State winning 63-7 versus Arkansas Pine Bluff. Charlotte going on the road to Georgia State, winning 42-41. Tulsa winning at home against Jacksonville State, 54-17. Arkansas taking care of business at home against Missouri State, 38-27, 38-27, Southern Miss beating Northwestern State 64-10, Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee beating Tennessee State 49-6, Ohio State being beating Toledo at home 77-21, North Carolina State facing a tough talent challenge from Texas Tech gets a victory at home 27-14, and Texas Tech going into Big 12 play looks to right the ship against Texas this week. Yeah, that's going to be a big matchup over there, and uh... I really like Texas this week because they do have Ewers suiting up, as that report had just come out. And uh, with Ewers there, I think UT is going to be a powerhouse this year. And they have a good shot of just losing one game this year and having a chance for the college football playoff. Continuing on, Boston College beating Maine 38-17. to It was Washington protecting the home field against the number 11 team, the Michigan State Spartans. 39-28, Iowa beating Nevada 27-0. Pittsburgh getting the road victory at Western Michigan 34-13. Florida bouncing back after the loss to Kentucky, winning at home against South Florida 31-28. Maryland 
winning against SMU at home, 34-27. UCF going on the road and beating FAU, 40-14. Rice protecting the home field, 33-21 against Louisiana. And it was Clemson, number five team in the country, winning against Louisiana Tech, 48-20. And you got a kind of opportunity to see the offense for Clemson kind of get their feet underneath them as they get ready for ACC play a big matchup versus Wake Forest this week. Yeah, I'm still not a big fan of that quarterback over in Clemson. Uh, for the last couple of years, he just hasn't been the guy that Clemson's had in the past. You know, they've had so many good quarterbacks there that have been able to lead this team to big things. I just don't believe that this guy is going to be able to do that for them this year. And we move along the schedule, 68-28 to 28, Oregon State, moving to 3-0 and as they get a home win versus Montana State. It was Texas, 41, UTSA, 20, as Texas pulled away late in that one, outscoring UTSA 24-3 to in the second half. New Mexico winning at home against UTEP, 27-10. The big matchup on Saturday night at Kyle Field. It was Texas A&M winning 17-9 in a slugfest defensively against the number 13-ranked Miami Hurricanes. Utah, the number 14 team in the country, protects the home field against San Diego State, winning 35-7. USC winning 45-17 against Fresno State in that one. Arizona State losing to Eastern Michigan 30-21, which promptly led to Coach Herm Edwards being relieved of his duties before he even left the football field. Arizona 31, North Dakota State 28 as Arizona picks up the victory. Hawaii picks up a home win against Duquesne 24-14. Florida State picking up the victory against Louisville, 35-31. And Wyoming in early action on Friday night, beating Air Force 17-14 to round out the week's scores. And as we covered them, a couple of big upsets. Washington beating Michigan State, 39-28 at home. That was a big win. And then Texas A&M rebounding after the loss to Appalachian State, getting a key home win against the number 13 team, the Miami Hurricanes, 17-9. Yeah, that Washington victory over Michigan State really surprised me because I thought Michigan State was going to be one of those surprise teams in the Big Ten this year. And uh, I just didn't see that out of them in this Washington game. Washington really brought it to them, and they showed from the beginning of the game on that Michigan State wasn't going to have an easy time, and then they they definitely did not have an easy time that whole game. Yeah, Texas A&M makes the quarterback change to Max Johnson and able to – you know, move the ball a little bit more effectively, really a defensive slugfest in that one, but ultimately coming away with a victory 17 to nine at home. And I think that was an, a game where Texas A&M going into SEC play, they had to have that one on, on the right side of the column for them this year. Yeah. Texas A&M's defense really showed up in that one. We all know that they have number one recruiting class. They have so much talent around the field. Now with Max Johnson coming in as their starting quarterback, can he be the guy? to lead this team that's that everybody's been talking about. Everybody thinks that Texas A&M could have a chance to go to the college football playoff and make some noise this year. I don't know because he was with LSU last year, and he didn't look very good. He put up decent numbers, but he's he's no, he's no Joe Burrow. He's not going to be a Bryce Young. He's not going to be anybody that's going to win a Heisman or anything like that. He, he could be an average quarterback that could – control games for A&M and let their defense do the work. But when it comes down to a slugfest, when they play Alabama or 
any team like that or when they play LSU with that high-powered offense, I just I don't see them scoring with those teams. As we'll turn our attention to the AP Top 25. Not much changing in the top 10. You have Georgia, number one, uh, with 59 first-place votes. Alabama, number two, with three first-place votes. Um, Ohio State, third, with one first-place vote. Then it's Michigan at four, Clemson at five, Oklahoma at six, USC at seven. The only uh, movement in the top 10, Kentucky and Oklahoma State flipping spots. Kentucky, eight. Oklahoma State 9 and Arkansas 10. As we move to the teens, you have Tennessee at 11 at 3 and 0. They move up four spots. North Carolina State moves up four spots to 12. Utah moves up one spot to 13. Penn State up eight spots to 14. Oregon up 10 spots to 15. Ole Miss up four spots to 16. Baylor stays the same in the same position at 17 at, with a 2 and 1 record. Washington with a three and zero record at eighteen, and then the you have the losers from last week. Um, you have BYU falling seven spots to nineteen. Florida, who barely beat uh, South Florida, loses two spots. Wake Forest loses two spots. Texas down one spot, and that's just from Oregon jumping all the way up there uh, with their big win over BYU. Texas A and M up one spot with their win over uh, Miami. Pittsburgh at 24, and then Miami rounds out the top 25, falling 12 spots after their loss to Texas A&M on the road. Yeah, there's a couple interesting uh, teams that I saw got added to the top 25. Uh, it was interesting to see BYU fall so hard after losing by a big to Oregon because you usually don't see teams fall that hard while playing a top 25 matchup. But uh, BYU did not show up. Um, and Oregon just they outplayed them from the first snap on and really BYU kind of earned that 19 ranking luckily they didn't get unranked because they just did not look good in that game um, also I like Texas A&M staying in the top 25 after beating Miami I figured they would have moved up a couple more spots but I guess the committee didn't like what they saw they want to see more uh, and then Texas, they're a little bit low for me. Uh, them moving down one spot with Quinn Ewers coming back this week, I think Texas is going to have a big opportunity to move up in the next couple weeks. But, yeah, that's, everything else looks about right on the top 25 for me. And now that we've reached week four of the NCAA football schedule, you begin conference play, uh, the Big 12, the ACC, uh, the SEC, all of these teams will begin, uh, the Big Ten will begin conference play. What are you most excited about um, once you get past all the non-conference matchups and you really get into the meat of the schedule um, when conference play begins? Well, I'm looking forward to Michigan and Ohio State as they navigate the Big Ten this year. Um, we both have been high on Michigan to start the year. We think that they're a more complete team than Ohio State. Uh, everybody's more on Ohio State because of that offense and all the players that they've returned. Uh, but I'm still looking at Michigan to be the ones to come out of the Big Ten. But I'm excited to see them navigate that Big Ten schedule. Yeah, a couple of real interesting matchups coming up this weekend. You have Clemson going on the road both to Wake Forest. Both of those teams 3-0 and uh, 
on the season, a big ranked matchup between two teams in the ACC to open conference play. Really excited about this one early. Yeah, that's, that one's going to be a really big matchup. Uh, you get a chance to see that Clemson offense and see if they can continue to make strides and see if that quarterback can make plays for them. I have I have all the faith in the world in Dabo Sweeney. He's a very good coach. I think he's top three in the NCAA. Uh, he's had so many really good teams that he's put together down there, and uh, I believe that they're going to come away with the victory this week. Another big matchup, Michigan so far not really tested in their first three wins in the season. They host a Maryland team that has Tua Tagovailoa's little brother and an opportunity for a Maryland team who puts up a lot of points to face a really stout defense in the Michigan Wolverines. That's going to be a Saturday 11 a.m. Uh, kickoff. Yeah, I think Michigan's going to be all over them in this game. I really like Michigan to be in the college football playoff this year, and I think there's not many teams that could play with them this year. So I'm going to go with Michigan in this game and a, a big win for Michigan in this game. Another big game in the 2.30 slot in the afternoon. It's the SEC taking everybody's attention as the number 20 Florida Gators will go on the road and go to number 11 Tennessee in a rivalry game that dates back. It predates me being born. Uh, a lot of great uh, games between these two programs. Now that Tennessee has their feet back underneath them with head coach Josh Heupel, this expects to be a slugfest. I'm interested to see if Tennessee can cover the 10 and a half at home in Neyland Stadium at 2.30 on Saturday. Yeah, home game for Tennessee. Florida's not very good on the road. Uh, they're coming off of a loss. Tennessee's looking very good. That offense is moving the ball really well. Yeah, I really like Tennessee big in this game, at least to cover the spread. Number 22, Texas, opens their Big 12 schedule on the road uh, at Jones AT&T Stadium in Lubbock, Texas, facing the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Texas giving seven points to the Red Raiders on the spread and news breaking before we fired up the podcast today. Quinn Ewers will travel with the team. He will be suited up and most people in Austin expect him to start uh, the opener for Texas in the Big 12 action. Yeah, I expect in the next couple of days that line will move as soon as you hear more news about Quinn Ewers and if he's going to start and if he's looking healthy or not. Uh I like Texas big in this one if Quinn Ewers is starting and he's playing healthy. Uh, that's just such a high-powered offense with B. John Robinson and uh, Quinn Ewers going at the same time. It's just it's going to be impossible to stop for a lot of teams in the Big 12 this year. And I just don't see Texas Tech being able to hang with them. So I think Texas will win big in this game. A sneaky good ball game in the Pac-12 uh, that one starts at 3 o'clock. It's going to be number 15, Oregon, after the big win against BYU in a potential letdown spot. They go on the road to the Palouse and face Washington State in Pullman, Washington. Washington State also 3-0, and a big victory early in their non-conference schedule, going to Wisconsin and getting a victory. I'm interested to see how Oregon responds against the defense that Washington State provides. This could be a very good game, a sneaky good game in the afternoon window at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, Washington State defense has been really good this year. They're number 19 in points uh, points allowed per game this year. They're only at 12.7 uh, game uh, points per game this year, and they're they're not giving up a lot. So Oregon's going to have to bring everything they got. That offensive coordinator for Oregon's going to have to pull some things out of his hat. Uh, but yeah, I like Washington State. 
but I still think Oregon's just too talented and they're going to be able to overcome that defense in Washington State and be able to win this game. At 6 o'clock on Saturday night, a primetime affair between two programs in the SEC that should figure to be really good going through the schedule. It's the number 10 Arkansas Razorbacks at 3-0 and facing the number 23 Texas A&M Aggies at 2-1. and this is a neutral site game. This played at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Texas A&M favored by two points. I expect Texas A&M to kind of overwhelm Arkansas in this game. Even though Arkansas has gotten off to a good start, I still think Arkansas doesn't have the talent and the depth to be able to play with a team like Texas A&M once Texas A&M figures it all out at quarterback. Yeah, this is this is a kind of a 50-50 game for me, you know, because I like Texas A&M's defense. They're number ninth in the country whenever it comes to giving up points. They only give up 8.7 point games or 8.7 points per game this year. And uh, Arkansas has looked very good this year. They're three and zero coming into this game. It's going to be a neutral side game, so it's not like they're having to go into Kyle Field and play. So I'm actually going to be on Arkansas's uh, side of the ball this year or on for this matchup because I just think that Arkansas is coming in here with all the momentum in the world. Texas A&M's kind of beat up. They don't know who they are. Max Johnson's getting his second game as a starter for Texas A&M. So I think Arkansas knows who they are with their identity, and they're going to come in there. They're going to play their game and be able to take over and win in that environment. A couple of really good matchups in the night window on Saturday. You have Wisconsin going to Ohio State in the horseshoe. Uh, Wisconsin opening Big Ten play at Columbus, Ohio. Um, Another really good matchup. You have Kansas State going on the road to number six, Oklahoma, to open up Big 12 play for both teams. You have USC, the number seven team in the country. They go on the road to Oregon State, both those teams 3-0. And USC only giving six points to Oregon State. I think this could be a very interesting matchup, especially with Oregon State's defense. Can they slow down USC's offensive attack enough in order to get a victory on Saturday night? Yeah, I'm all over USC in this game. I think that they're not getting enough credit. Uh, They're going to be able to navigate that Pac-12 schedule pretty easily because I don't think there's really any teams there that could be able to play with them. Uh, but, yeah, I like USC big in this one. I think that minus five-and-a-half spread is a little too small for them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And ultimately, I, I think that this USC team, if they can navigate games like this and come away with a victory um, and even win in convincing fashion, I think you have a team that is primed to make a run through the Pac-12 and potentially make a run at the college football playoff. Yeah, I'm- I'm big on USC. I think there's at least seven teams this year that has a chance, maybe even eight teams that has a chance to make some noise in the college football playoff. And it's going to be up to the committee on whether or not they want to let some of these teams in. But it's it's going to be difficult for them this year, for sure, with all these teams that are going to be so good at the end. And as we switch our gears over to pro football in week two, we'll talk about some of the games and some of the scores that surprised us, including some upsets and then maybe even some coaches that have already hit hit the hot seat as well as quarterbacks um, maybe being worried about job security at this point as we'll dive into the scores um, for the NFL uh, on Thursday night last week, it was the Chiefs moving to 2-0. and They beat the Chargers 27-24 in a game that most people thought the Chargers should win, uh, should have won given how they played. Um, 
on Sunday's action during the day, it was the Broncos beating the Texans 16 to nine. The Cowboys a surprise victory over the Bengals 20 to 17. The Raiders losing to the Cardinals in overtime, uh, fumbled by Hunter Renfro being picked up and taken back to the house in overtime by the Cardinals defense, the deciding factor in that one. The 49ers get a 27 to seven victory after Trey Lance breaks his ankle on the second drive of the football game. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and leads his team to victory. And I think a lot of people in that locker room, very happy that Jimmy Garoppolo is back as the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. I think there was a lot of loyalty in that locker room to Jimmy Garoppolo. And it showed with how the team responded once he took over in the first half of that ball game. Yeah, I think it kind of hit all the teammates by surprise at the beginning of the year whenever they went with Trey Lance. Uh, they thought Jimmy G was good enough to get them to the NFC Championship several years in a row. And uh, it's just kind of surprising seeing them go with a young guy like that whenever you have a veteran like Jimmy G. And he was able to step in and be the same usual Jimmy G has been and lead this team to a victory. They also get Kittle back this week, so I think that team's going to be primed and ready to go for a big run this year. Moving along the schedule, it was the Rams barely outlasting the Falcons, 31-27 at home. The Lions get a victory at home, 36-27. The Buccaneers beating the Saints at New Orleans, 20-10. It was the Jets beating the Browns, 31-30. The first time in 2,133 games that a team down by 13 points or more with two minutes left and no timeouts are able to find a way to come back and get a victory. They recover an onside kick. A missed extra point late by Cade York for the Browns ultimately does them in. And then it was the Patriots getting the victory at Pittsburgh, 17-14. The Dolphins, a miracle comeback in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Ravens 28-3 in order to win in regulation, 42-38, a final score there. It was the Jaguars dominating the Colts at home, 24 to nothing. The Giants get a victory to go to 2-0 against the Panthers, 19-16. And on Monday night, the doubleheader action, it was the Eagles dominating the Vikings 24-7, and it was the Bills dominating the Titans 41-7 in two routes on Monday night football. Yeah, there was a couple of big surprises in the slate of games last week. Um, I looked at that Jets-Browns game. I thought the Browns defense was very good and they'd be able to hold the Jets down, but apparently not. That Jets game or the, that Jets team came out and they came to play and they ended up ultimately winning that game 31-30. to And then that Jaguars and Colts game, I mean, wow. Like, the Colts are in trouble right now. You have a game where you tie the Texans in week one and then you come back and everybody expects you to be all over the Jaguars and you end up losing 24 to nothing. I mean, that's, it's not looking good for them over in Indianapolis. Yeah. And, and again, the, that was one of the bigger upsets of the weekend, you know, Jacksonville beating Indianapolis and we talked about it and this was, this will be something we continue to talk about going along the schedule. They have the Kansas City Chiefs at home this week. That is kind of a must win at this point, given the two games that they've essentially dropped to open the season. Um, and if you're Frank Reich in Indianapolis, you got to start wondering about your job security, uh, given how the season ended last year, losing the inexplicable game in Jacksonville last year and missing the playoffs and now being off to an 0-1-1 start, uh, losing to Jacksonville and tying with the Texans, both on the road in the division to open up. 20, the 2022 season. Yeah, 
I was talking about this the other day off air, and I just I don't see how Frank Wright makes it out of the season as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I think that next week, or actually this week against Kansas City, that's a must-win game for them that I think they will not be able to win. I think this is going to be a Kansas City team that is playing very well right now that's going to be all over them. And the Colts really don't know what they're trying to do on offense. They don't know if they should give the ball to Jonathan Taylor 30 times a game and let him run all over somebody or to let Matt Ryan be able to use his weapons and pass around. Like, yes, they were missing Pittman last week, and Pittman will be back this week. But it's just – it's I don't think it's enough for the Colts. I don't think that they have enough on offense to be able to play with a team like the Chiefs. And I think that they'll be 0-2-1. and coming out of this week and Frank Wright's going to be looking at his job. Like, I don't think I'm going to be here for the rest of the year in a couple of weeks. And another coach that could potentially be on the hot seat. And he was kind of on the hot seat at the end of last year is Matt rule at Carolina. The, that, that team starts and two losing to the pan, the Browns at home in week one and on a field goal at the buzzer. And in a very similar situation on the road at the giants with a field goal going through in the last minute, of action to give the Giants the lead in that one. Um, so a couple of heartbreaking losses for the Panthers, but 0-2 is your record. And ultimately, Matt Rule has to start figuring out how to get victories. Otherwise, he might be out of a job as well. Yeah, I think the only saving grace for Matt Rule right now is that the, the games have been super close. It's not been blowouts, kind of like Indianapolis. Uh, but I, they had a lot of turmoil last year with relieving their offensive coordinator midseason and then Matt Rule taking over the play calling. And then so now you don't know who your quarterback is going to be because you have Baker Mayfield there and you also have uh, all the questions surrounding him. And then you just you can't get anything going. You need victories. And I know victories cure everything, but I just I don't see Matt Rule being able to make it out of this season as well as a head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and, and ultimately, I, I think not only with coaches, but also some quarterbacks that have seen some issues through week two weeks of the season thus far. Ryan Tannehill has got to be concerned at this point. The Titans get blown out on Monday Night Football. Ryan Tannehill benched after throwing an interception. Um, Malik Willis comes into the game. You start to get a sense that Ryan Tannehill might be running on a short lease, and I don't think he might have ever recovered from the – the four turnover game that he had against the Bengals that potentially cost the Titans a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I've talked about this with you last week that I believe Malik Willis gives Tennessee the best chance to win. I think it's an end of an error for Tennessee with Matt or uh, Tannehill. And uh, he just hasn't been as good as Tennessee has expected him to be. And they have high expectations over there in Tennessee and, he's not going to be the one to be able to lead them to those high expectations that they want. And so I don't see Tannehill making it out. I I really was not surprised that he got benched last week. And I feel like that uh, Malik Willis should be the starter going forward, but I think they're going to give Tannehill a couple more chances before they actually make that decision, a final decision. And another quarterback that, faces a big game on Thursday night this week. Mitch Trubisky of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That offense has had some issues. Um, There's been some comments in the media regarding the play calling from Coach Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. 
I think there's some issues there behind the scenes. I think they want to open up the offense a little bit with the weapons they have on the outside. It'll be interesting to see if Mitch Trubisky plays well in a divisional matchup against the Browns on Thursday night. Yeah, and Cleveland got beat up by the Jets last week uh, by an offense that I didn't think was going to do very much against them. But uh, I think this is a rebound game for the Cleveland defense, and I don't think it's going to be very easy for Pittsburgh at all. Uh, Trubisky is going to have to play well or else there's a guy waiting behind him that's ready to go and everybody's wanting him to play, uh, kind of like how it is in uh, in Tennessee right now. So it's it's going to be tough for Trubisky if he can, if he can make some plays and – Get things going, then they might turn it around for him. But as, as, as of right now, it's not looking good for Trubisky. And we'll look at some of the games uh, on the schedule for week three here in the NFL. Again, the Steelers and Browns open up Thursday night football. Um, that'll be an interesting game at this point. Um, a divisional matchup, very interesting, very intriguing. The Ravens on Sunday go on the road to face the Patriots. The Bills-Dolphins, a divisional matchup in Miami. That's going to be a big one. Um, you have the Lions and Vikings at Minnesota. That's going to be a big divisional matchup. Uh, Chiefs and Colts, that's a big matchup for both teams, both expected playoff teams, but can the Colts right the ship uh, in that one? You have the Raiders at 0-2, the Titans 0-2. No one expected either one of those teams to be where they're at. That's a game that could, uh, you know, that give someone some confidence, some team some confidence uh, in that situation. Divisional matchup between the Saints and the Panthers. Divisional matchup between the Eagles and the Commanders. Um, I'm very excited to see the Jaguars and the Chargers do battle. Chargers a little banged up. The Jaguars coming off a big victory at home against the um against the Indianapolis Colts. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. Packers and Buccaneers play each other in a primetime game in the afternoon on Sunday. It'll be uh, a game in Tampa Bay. So it'll be interesting to see how the Packers handle the humidity of Florida uh, still in the summertime conditions as we just hit the first uh, week of fall coming up this weekend. Uh, the Rams and Cardinals in a divisional matchup in the NFC West. Uh, Sunday night game, the 49ers and Broncos, that'll be an interesting one. And the Monday night game, the Cowboys and the Giants will be an interesting one to keep an eye on as a divisional matchup in the NFC East. And it looks like that's going to wrap it up here for us on the No Gray Area podcast. I'd like to thank Corey Cooper for joining us. As we move along here, we'll have another episode for you where we'll preview everything from week four in the uh, NF, in, in the college football ranks, and we'll preview NFL week three uh, and give our picks for the weekend as we'll uh, thank you guys for listening in on this episode, and we look forward to speaking with you again soon.